Well, before we uh, start, uh, one of the things I'd like to introduce to you is, is uh, my groundwater simulator here that I have uh, up here on the stage today. And what we're going to do here is a quick demonstration to kind of brief you on environmental transport is to talk about one of the areas of transport that we don't have a good sense of, okay? And that's the sense of what goes on below our feet, okay? It really is outside of our frame of reality. Uh, it could, for many of us, uh, be as uh, uh, close to, to the moon in, in terms of our reality uh, because we just don't see it. We don't feel it. We don't touch it. Yet we interact with that subsurface environment daily because of typically of drinking water. Okay, and so what happens uh, in terms of us managing the ecosphere <laughs> that is below our feet? Uh, we do a particularly poor job because we don't see it. Uh, to, to contrast that to, for instance, uh, an episode in surface water where you see a fish kill or you see a green bubbly slime coming down what was once a pristine water there is some concern about the environmental impact, the health consequences of that contamination. Yet, uh, how many of us have seen uh, soils that have been contaminated by things that you and I know actually can move through that porous medium we call soil, can actually contaminate groundwater, can actually come out at some point in terms of a river or stream that's down gradient, down gradient in terms of the hydraulic gradient in the subsurface, okay? And so what I'm going to do, a very quick uh, briefing here uh, with uh, uh, my friend here, the uh, groundwater simulator. And just to orient you, uh, this is uh, essentially a, a sand-packed fish tank, um, but the water which is coming in from this side is actually coursing uh, across the front of the tank, okay? And so this is our surface here. This is the subsurface here. And I've shown you some things like these light gray clay aquifers, okay, or aquitards, okay. Clays are very tightly packed. They actually change water dynamics in the subsurface. In the subsurface as well, as you can see this by the size of the granules of the different kinds of sand, whether it be the dark ones, that uh, these are s different porosity subsurface geological materials. Again, it's just a model. But the way this water uh, simulator, groundwater simulator works is actually uh, we have a, a, a recharge zone here. Uh, the water is actually flowing um, into this zone right here and actually does a, uh, a sideways uh, motion across here. Uh, groundwater, as it turns out, moves quite slowly, uh, inches per year, uh, feet per year in terms of groundwater dynamics. And a lot of times groundwater, especially in, in deep aquifers, has been there for thousands of years. And so as a resource, uh, it's tremendously valuable in terms of a freshwater resource, but also recognize that once we contaminate groundwater, it's very, very difficult to get that clean again. And we'll talk about some of those environmental transport properties that allow for sorption and sequestration of contaminants over time. So we have water that's coming from in this direction. Uh, on the surface, we have some uh, points here, one, two, and three. And these are wells. Uh, they're just pipes that have been dropped in here. And we're going to actually contaminate with some brightly colored dye so you can actually visualize the transport properties in the subsurface. But uh, some of the water is actually coming down uh, the surface. And the surface here, you can kind of see, actually uh, is down gradient. You actually have um, a stream over here. And the stream is uh, fairly full. And we can actually see if there's some surface water contamination, what might happen there. Um, here's a, a, a little lake here that's uh, not particularly full um, right now. And we also have some down gradient wells. 
And you might consider these to be uh, drinking water wells or industrial wells that are pulling water from the aquifer. And we'll take a look at some of the dynamics there. Uh, this being an artesian well because it's sufficiently down below the loading uh, in terms of the water loading here. And you can actually have sufficient water for water to come up. And that's the definition of a, an artesian well, well that's spontaneously uh, a spring well, if you will. Um, so th these clay zones actually are less permeable. The more highly particulate zones are have greater per permeability. And so what we're going to try to do here is uh, uh, contaminate our aquifer. And we're going to do that down on this end here by going ahead and trying to put a few drops of red dye down into these wells. And it'll take a little bit of a while to go ahead and get all the way down to the bottom. And I've just spilled some in the surface water, and you can kind of see some of the surface water impacts in terms of uh, how this is actually now coming across the surface water gradient and having a surface water effect. And I'll go ahead and put a blue dye down on this shallow well here. You can see how that's having a uh, kind of a surface effect. And I'll go ahead and put some yellow dye in this intermediate well. With uh, fun with dye here. And I'm putting a little bit more green down. And you can see that the, um, again, these discharges as they contaminate do have a pretty specific and fairly large scale effect. You can see all of a sudden now, since we do have a green, a uh, a water flow in this direction. You can see at the bottom of this well, which is our point of discharge, you can see pluming action happening bright green way. Uh, here at the blue, uh, similar sort of pluming. And let me see if I can sharpen up our yellow here, give you a, an intermediate uh, colored plume. And I'm doing a little bit of surface water, but I think you're starting to get uh, a good part of the idea of how these plume dynamics actually happen. The fact that the subsurface is not a static situation, that it's continuously mm -hmm. mobilizing. And uh, part of the problem is what we do in one place in terms of surface contamination of the subsurface water uh, can actually move off a of site. And it is important to us to know and understand the dynamics in terms of subsurface modeling to look at risk and risk calculations associated with this. Now you'll notice in, in looking at these plumes, which are pretty dynamic, okay, um, that uh, we've now covered a significant amount of territory in the subsurface. And actually we're starting to approach you. This might be an industrial site. 
that the contamination actually has happened uh, miles away. But over time, that contamination, especially for chemicals that are very, very stable and persistent, uh, and especially ones that are very, very soluble, will have uh, uh, some, some amount of potential impact. But you notice this one, because of its depth and whatnot, is down in this lower aquifer. And these lower aquifers quite often are the ones with the purest water. These surface aquifers are sometimes ones that actually have pretty significant amounts of um, uh, contamination uh, just due to normal uh, activities. And there I've gone ahead and I've done some surface contamination with the green dye up here. And you can kind of see that there's some shallow aquifer uh, contamination. There's some surface runoff contamination, all of these being problematic. Now. Um, obviously, it's a, it's a problem in terms of having uh, contamination in, in groundwater, but what happens in terms of receptors? There's no real receptors down there. We do have lots of chemical activity, and we have actually quite a bit of um, uh, activity in terms of microbial uh, reactions, uh, uh, stimulated reactions, e even in the deep subsurface, as we're finding. And so what I'm going to do right now is, is actually um, do some pumping um, in a simulated way once again. I'll get my pump out here. And uh, let's say that this is uh, a drinking water well here. And I'm going to go ahead and start pumping hard. So maybe this is the drinking water well for a community. And what I'm going to do is, is go ahead and try and change, show you that we can actually um, change the dynamics. And if you notice down here at the bottom, you'll see that plume actually start changing. And what we've done is we've changed the subsurface flow by, by, by essentially changing the plumbing down here. Okay, So we are actually now sucking selectively up into the well some of this contamination. Now you can think of this in two ways. Number one, enhancing or increasing exposure, but also as a pump and treat methodology. If we know that we can put in a, uh, a well to pump this material up, we can actually stop or sequester the material. Um, and actually, you can see the dynamics actually changing. It's backing up uh, the contamination a little bit. Um, not good if you're talking about a drinking water well. It is a good design criteria if you're talking about a well that is going to be used in terms of treatment. It is a very expensive option, and we'll talk about these in some of our case studies um, when we do have contaminated groundwater to actually start looking at this. Um, now I'm going to start pumping this other one, and notice how I've, I'm kind of intersecting this uh, shallow green plume here that's a surface water contamination. And in fact, as you notice, I'm doing a pretty good job here of actually stopping that contamination from getting down gradient. Maybe this artesian well over here is uh, your favorite spring water. There's an economic incentive to keep the contamination away from this. Uh, installing and actually pumping and perhaps treating and then reapplying that maybe to land, using it for irrigation or something else, might be uh, a way to actually change it. And so two things, the two points, the take-home messages I, wanna, I, wa I want you to see here are number one, that we do have this advection, which is the motion with the hydraulic gradient, and the dispersion, the fact that we've had concentrated waste here uh, and actually far more dilute uh, waste down here. So we actually have a dispersion and, a, and an advection process happening in the subsurface. And again, the other one is that we can actually change the dynamics of the subsurface via human activity. Okay, And that human activity can take something that isn't a problem and actually create a significant problem in terms of uh, 
potential contamination. It, it will sufficiently change the subsurface dynamics. And so again, that's a, a little bit of a, uh, uh, a nice way to kind of visualize with a groundwater simulator some of these subsurface actions and reactions. Now what I want you to do in terms of uh, some of the chemodynamics uh, studies that we have done here is actually start focusing on what are the specific chemical reactions? What sorts of materials uh, might have uh, specific uh, chemical reactivity, things like sorption, organic matter, uh, speciation, and redox potential? If you looked at that EHPH diagram in terms of species sensitivity to redox conditions as we get deeper into a subsurface system, we actually will get more and more reducing, less oxygen, less atmospheric impact, less oxidizing bacteria, okay? All of these things will actually make for uh, a situation that might actually sufficiently assist you in terms of sequestering and changing the chemistry down in the, in the deep subsurface so that the contamination doesn't move, that actually microbes might chew it up, um, and actually uh, natural attenuation, as it's referred to, might be the way, the best way to actually act on a uh, contamination in the subsurface. Okay, so that's a, a, a bit of an introduction uh, into the self subsurface, and we can actually uh, go to that. Uh, we'll be talking about groundwater later uh, during this lecture, uh, and uh, but it'll give you a, again a better sense, uh, at least from a model from a simulator, speeding it up. Some of these actions that you've seen here uh, would actually take uh, at a minimum years. Uh, not far from here in Grandview, Washington, a case study. Um, that I've uh, referred to a couple times in this course, uh, a farmer that uh, found some old herbicide, Donaseb, in his barn, a very dense yellow chemical, reproductive effects, uh, kind of smells uh, uh, tremendously. Not particularly acutely toxic, but it does have some chronic exposure uh, uh, toxicities. But uh, instead of uh, disposing it the right way, uh, this particular individual took uh, something on the order of uh, 100 gallon, gallons of concentrate and actually just poured it in a ditch on his property, okay? And what happened was, in this particular case, is down gradient in the valley below, uh, other farms and other ranches, uh, their neighbors, uh, actually started drinking yellow water over a period of time. It took a while in terms of the establishing the cause and effect because it took a while for this material to actually seep into the subsurface to actually hit the hydraulic uh, transport uh, in the subsurface aquifer and actually started, uh, the, the people downstream are actually uh, turning on the tap and seeing yellow water contaminated from Dinosaur.